What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. We're going to be breaking down. I did my reaction to the Chicago Bulls schedule yesterday and what that looks like. Today, we're going to go into a little bit deeper dive on exactly some of the details in that schedule, the number of back-to-backs the Chicago Bulls have. How does that rank against the other spots in the NBA? We're also going to be talking about how many games do the Bears, the Bulls, the Bears, the Bulls have uh, the rest advantage in. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So yesterday I did my initial reaction after the Chicago Bulls schedule was released. I also talked about Rivals Week, which I think is a really good concept. But now we're going to do a little bit deeper dive. So now because the schedule was released, uh, we got more predictions about the wins. Now, Bleacher Report did predict the Chicago Bulls to win 44 games next season, which is right along with the predictions that they were. I think that's the exact same number they were even before the season. So it doesn't seem like the schedule changed much for the Chicago Bulls. But this has brought me to an area of thinking and, and wanting to break down just how difficult. I know I said in the last video that the Bulls do not have an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Their strength of schedule is going to be ranked right up there with everybody else once we get to that point. But I have a little bit more details now on how we're going to break that down and talk about it. So first up, the Bulls are in a four-way tie for the most back-to-backs next season. They do have 15 backs-to-backs. So tied four-way tie for the most of that, which I said yesterday, they had a lot of back-to-backs at 15. So that is a huge number. Now, Four of those back-to-backs happen within the first 12 games of the season. Let's keep that in mind. Four back-to-backs in the first 12 games of the season, which means half of the Bulls' first 12 games are back-to-backs. So just think about that. So with that being said, right, it's that is just not an easy schedule, man. It's just not an easy schedule. Like, having that amount of back-to-backs is huge, huge. Four back-to-backs in the first 12 games. Four. That, that's I said a half. I'm, uh, math is not I can't, apparently not my strong suit. That's a quarter of those games or a third of those games. Wow. Math. Math ain't math in today. <laughs> that's a third of those games being like that, that's ridiculous way to start the season. Now, of course, you're starting the season. Hopefully we're fresh legs. So that kind of is what it is there. Now, let's talk about the rest advantage because the Bulls do have so much back to backs. Right. They are tied for for the second worst or second highest disadvantage when it comes to having the rest disadvantage meaning having less rest than the team they're playing out of that 12 12 keep in mind 15 back-to-backs 12 of those the bulls will have the the rest disadvantage and in the course of the season they have a rest disadvantage ranked right up there as well so most games that the bulls go into they're going to have the disadvantage as far as the number of rest. Now, it's a long season. These players prepare for that, so that kind of is what it is. But but again, that comparative to the rest of the league is huge. They only have, keep this in mind, over the course of the season, the Bulls only have eight games in which they have the rest advantage out of an 82-game season. And then most of the Bulls' final 14 games to end the season are against teams that are expected to be in the playoffs. This is it makes it a lot more interesting when you start breaking it down and looking at the schedule that way. The schedule for the Chicago Bulls this season is going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. It's going we're going to learn a lot about our team. Now, the one thing that does that could come out of this when you have a team that has their I don't want to say have their backs against the wall. The season hasn't even started yet. But when you have a team that is going through this type of adversity, 
as we saw last year, the team could very well bind together. The chemistry is already high. We see them practicing off, and they could become road warriors in a way and a team with, a, with another collective chip on their shoulders. And how the Bulls respond to this, how the coaching staff responds to this, is going to be huge when you look at the depth of this team again. That depth is going to be something that's tested very early and often over the course of the season because of just how the schedule shook out for the Chicago Bulls. It is one of the most interesting set of stats, right? Usually, a team with a lot of back-to-backs gets, gets a lot of rest. The fact that we are going in to most of our back-to-backs with the rest disadvantage is huge. And then we also have one of the highest ratings as far as rest disadvantage over the course of the entire season. That is huge. That is huge. So when we're looking at that, and that's things that as analysts, as fans, as whoever, we don't always take into consideration. We don't think, hey, yeah, the Bulls lost this game. They came out flat. But listen, they played like six games in eight days. We don't usually really break that down, especially not. After the fact, we go back and look at the season. We don't really think about that. So the fact of, and, 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 and let's not act like it didn't contribute to the Bulls fall off a little bit last season. Now, injuries, the biggest part of that, right? Also, did teams figure us out? We got to ask those questions as well. Did they figure out Billy Donovan's system? But when you talk about the way that the Bulls f- fell off in the second half of the season, in another season in which they did have a ton of back-to-backs. Now, you can't say there we, we started off the season a little bit easier than what we started it off here. But still, with that being said, it's going to be really interesting, really interesting to just see how this works out. Now, the way that this is measured too, this is another tool that I did not know about before today, is they have this thing is called the uh, positive residual. And so that that looks at the, the number of, of, of miles traveled for teams between games. It's a really interesting website. I'll put the link in it down below if you guys want to take a look at it. They're 18th in, in miles traveled. And that's even with a trip to Paris to play the Detroit Pistons. But there, there are other things with the, going on with the positive residual that still makes this have one of the most, in fact, looking at this, those Chicago Bulls have the most difficult strength of schedule amongst playoff teams from last season. So there you go. There you go. I didn't even notice that on my, on my initial notes. Need to take better notes on that. I got to hold myself accountable for that. So with that being said, the most difficult strength of schedule amongst teams in the playoffs last season. That doesn't mean that we have the most difficult schedule in the in the NBA, but amongst the teams in the playoffs last year, we have the most difficult schedule. One could cook up a conspiracy theory. You guys know I'm a conspiracy theorist on the side. I don't bring that into this show, but this is a going to be a brutal season for the Chicago Bulls. And this is not even considering the injuries. This is not even considering if Lonzo is going to be ready to go. This is not even considering, hey, who gets dinged up along the way in course of the season which can make these things even more difficult. The Chicago Bulls do not have an easy schedule by any stretch, any measurable statistic in this season. And because of that, it's it just it's good. This team being battled, like last year we talked about getting battle-tested. This is going to be a murderer's row. Dalen Terry, Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams, they're going to face some things. They may even be relied on to do a little bit more. There may be those nights. We talked about it before. What, how, how do we get Patrick Williams going a little bit more? How do we get him more aggressive? There are going to be nights, especially with the number of back-to-backs, with the difficulty of schedule, that DeMar or Zach, maybe they just need rest. Maybe they get rest games, have that built in because of the number of minutes that they played, especially last season. We'll see if they have built-in rest games for Zach, considering he is coming off a knee surgery, a minor one, but a knee surgery. Lonzo Ball as well. What is it going to look like upon his return? We could be seeing players that we didn't necessarily think we were going to see heavy minutes of very early into the season, and they may need to go deeper into that bench. So when you look at why did they sign a player like Goran Dragic, who I, I have said before that I don't think is going to get very many minutes on this team, now that calls that into question. 
This is a difficult season for the Chicago Bulls. And how they how they respond in the season on the national stage against other uh, good teams, how they respond on back-to-backs, all this is going to be huge and hopefully sets the Bulls up when it comes to playoff time to be a little bit more ready to go, to be a little bit more ready for that grit and grind because of everything that they have to go through this coming season. It's going to be an interesting one. Let me know down below now with these added added bit of color to the Chicago Bulls schedule. What do you think about this Bulls schedule? Has it has it made it made you realize it's even tougher than what you thought before? Is it right along with where you think? These are just very interesting numbers that I wanted to break down, bring to the show to give you guys, because I know a lot of people don't take the deeper dives into it like this. But let's go ahead and move on. Next topic, Gordon Dragic, who we just talked about, did suffer a non-serious knee injury while playing overseas. Now, this one. Greenberg, uh, the Shot Sports Update tweeted out that Goran Dragic suffered a knee injury and then had like a bunch of spaces before. It was like, oh, but it's non-serious. We we have PTSD when it comes to knee injuries here. Luckily, it's not anything serious, but this is why like a lot of fans, like even I, I brought it up, DeMar playing so much basketball over the course of the summer. I know he's a warrior, right? He's a Ronin, uh, everything. But you you there's a certain amount of mileage that you can put on a body before something breaks down. Now, again, this is a non-serious injury, so I don't want to belabor the point and make it seem like it's more than what it is. Luckily, it's a non-serious thing, but we want to go into the season as healthy as possible. And this, you know, it, 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 it caused some concern when I saw it. But luckily, it's a non-serious injury. We'll see how Gordon does. Like I said, I, I really think if everybody's healthy, Gordon isn't going to be relied on very heavily. But we do want him completely ready to go to see how things work out. Now, when it comes to Gordon and that role that I've been talking about heavily, and I said in the last segment how... You know, the fact of the back-to-backs, that if, if Lonzo gets rest, the, the, the strength of schedule, maybe we do rely on him a little bit more. And somebody in the comments mentioned, and I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly who it is. Make sure you comment on this video because I want you to get your love and your shout-outs. But said that, you know, what if Gorn is actually above the depth chart on Kobe White? And while Gorn is a great shooter, he's still, he's worse defensively than Kobe White. He doesn't, I don't think, has the versatility and the ability, the way that Kobe White can score. So I don't necessarily see that, at least not to start the season especially because Goran's shooting numbers historically are great, but they've been on a, a decline as well. But we can see that is how Goran could get in there. It's just, it's going to be an interesting lineup when it comes to the guards because you you think Io, uh, Caruso, all ahead of Goran Dragic, Kobe White at that shooting guard at, offers more length, more size, more shooting ability, more actual scoring ability as a whole. And Goran has been on a decline, So, we'll, but we'll see how it works out. And that's even if you throw in Javante Green in that as well. So it's I've always said this, the, one, the, the way that this this lineup works out this rotation works out i should say the first 10 games of the season is going to be one of the more interesting stories for me for the chicago Bulls start of the season to see how that goes but all right that's what's going on with Gorn. again not, a, not luckily not a serious injury so thank god for that let's move on paul gasol will have his number retired by the lakers now he is a former bull only played two seasons with the bulls but because of that i wanted to bring that up we i talked about earlier in, in the season Bulls who deserve to have their numbers retired. Now, the Chicago Bulls don't retire a lot of numbers. I think they've also officially said they won't be retiring any more numbers. Um, and I've talked about like them having a ring of honor type thing where they where they ha- they don't necessarily retire jerseys, but they have this ceremony and this thing where they honor for- former players. Now, Paul Gasol isn't isn't worthy of that. He only played two seasons. Um, but having his number retired by the Lakers, at first I looked at it and kind of like, hmm, did, I don't like. I still think of for me when I think of Paul Gasol, I still think of him as a grizzly. But looking at it, I mean, he, considering the titles that he won in L.A. and things like that, does he deserve to have his number? Let me know what you think down below. Does Paul Gasol deserve to have his number retired by the Lakers? But speaking of the Lakers, I do want to bring this up just because it's monumental in the sense of the NBA. LeBron James signed a two-year, $97.1 million extension 
with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this this is going to raise his career earnings in just the NBA to $532 million over the course of his career, which puts him the, the highest paid NBA player by far. I think the next one up is actually Kevin Durant. But his, his this extension actually now, um, it limits him from being traded um, for a year. So shout out to him for that. Um, also, um, he does get he does get percentages raised over this, but we already know with that. Due to the over 38 rule, which is an interesting rule in the NBA, is the fact that we're having players even play to this this long, which it wasn't common for the long part, is that he can only add he could have only added two years to the extension uh, because it limits three year deals for players that are going to take them past their 38th birthday. So that's why the contract is probably only two years. So what does this mean? People have now speculated. Does that mean that LeBron James is only going to play for two years past that? that? That puts him into the 2025 season. We'll see what happens with that. Could be a possibility. I don't necessarily think that's true. Like I said, the limitation of it, um, looking at Bronny, again, coming to the NBA, things like that. Uh, you know, is he going to re- wait to retire to his son plays? But this now puts the Lakers in, in a sense knowing that they're going to have LeBron James until that time, until, 20, until 2025. How do they continue to build that team? What kind of changes do they make to try to make that team more of a contender? I don't like the Lakers, so I don't give a damn. They're not the Chicago Bulls. I hope that they burn in hell and keep losing. That's what I hope for the Lakers. That's what I hope for every team other than the Bulls, except the Memphis Grizzlies. I love the Grizzlies. But with that being said, that's I, I don't care. I don't care. But it's just interesting in the sense of the NBA to just see LeBron James and, and, and how long he's going to be playing when it's all said and done and the fact that he is the highest paid player in NBA history. And that doesn't always happen for the best players. I know, look, seeing that and saying, hey, you know, yeah, he's the best player of a generation. He deserves to be the highest play. It doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't. I don't even think Kobe was the highest played player in any stretch uh, that you can give him over the course of his career. So things like that happen. It's, it's just interesting. Shout out to LeBron and his hairline for getting that money, getting them checks. But, uh, hey, I hope that they keep losing. That's what I hope for the Lakers. I don't give a damn about the Lakers. but. That is it for today's episode of Chicago Bull Central. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bull Central as well. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, you can leave us a text and our voicemail, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. You are the best part of the show. And like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.